0: This is a story to me that is full of threads that reach back into the history of Judaism, into the stories of the Hebrew Scriptures, and other threads that move forward and spread out amongst the Gospel stories, and threads that even reach all the way into our space today. There's a lot of, like, larger-than-life things happening this morning in the Sacred Stories. We hear about Elijah, this prophet from the Hebrew Scriptures, who doesn't die, who ascends into heaven in a chariot of flames of fire with horses of flames of fire, and then we have Jesus on the mountaintop, shining so brightly, so so um, so much like transcendence. But it's, it's inhuman. It is definitely divine. The brightness of his face, of his clothing. And then he's also appearing with these larger-than-life figures, Elijah, whose story we heard about, and Moses, whose story we know. Moses, who's also no um, stranger to shining skin, Moses uh, spent time on the mountain as well. He was drawn to the mountain to meet with God, where he received the Ten Commandments, and the Ten Best Ways, and other helpful hints on how to best live a human life. And when he would come down from the mountain, his face was shining so brightly that he had to cover his face with a cloth, because it was terrifying. Last Sunday, we heard a story about Jesus, also from Mark's Gospel, Jesus He heals, he casts out demons, he shares the good news. He's with the people in a household, he totally transforms what's happening in this particular household. And then, in the darkness in the evening, he goes off by himself to pray. And there's a a rhythm there that we see, especially in Mark's gospel. But Jesus would sort of there's this outpouring of his energy, of his actions, of the way he was with people. And then he would head off, and I, I like to picture him marinating in the presence of God, like filling his tank up, so that then he would step back out and move among the people and offer healing and preaching and teaching and love. And last Sunday at the 9 a.m., somebody said, I wonder, I wonder what it was like when Jesus was off with God. And then this week I was like, and then here we have the transfiguration. Jesus has gone off to a mountain, and this time he has invited some of his closest disciples to come with him. And yet, at the end of the story, he says to them, don't tell anybody what just happened. Not until, you know, the son of woman ascends. Not until what is to come is fulfilled. So there are all these threads um, connecting because the other thing that happens on that mountaintop is there is a voice from the heavens that identifies Jesus. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And this story echoes another story from Jesus' life, a story that in the context of things happened earlier, but in the context of our church, we'll hear about next Sunday on the first Sunday of Lent. We stand here the last, we are in the last Sunday of the season of Epiphany, Ash Wednesday happens this week, and we shift into the space of Lent the story of the mountaintop makes sense, that we are moving from this one way of, of interacting with the world into another way of interacting with the world in Lent. Well, this divine voice from the heaven says, my son, the beloved, listen to him. We've heard this voice again in the sacred stories at Jesus' baptism, when the heaven's part and some of the stories say a dove descends and there is a voice and in some of the stories it's just for Jesus and in other stories it's for the crowd. Mark, in Mark, the voice says this is my son, the beloved in you I am well pleased. Think of these moments of Jesus retreating so that he may be filled up and then he takes all of that and he offers it in service. There's another aspect of what is happening here at the mountaintop. He's brought Peter, James, and John with him. He, He brings them to, toward the end of his life at Gethsemane, here's another thread that reaches out on another evening where he retreats in prayer with his friends with him. But he brings them with him to the mountaintop. And I don't know how I would react in this situation, but I understand Peter's desire to do something. When faced with Moses and Elijah and Jesus transformed, metamorphosized, there's a sense in the Greek that, in the word, that means like their insides were revealed on the outside. I think of Jesus walking around, like the inside of his body was always shining so brightly because he knew who he was as God's beloved. And in this moment, like, it can't be contained. It's bursting out, and he is able to share that with those who were with him. Peter's suggestion that they pitch some tents, that they make some spaces, that they honor this sacred site— with a structure, with a thing. And then the clouds cover, and the the men up at the mountaintop are invited to listen to Jesus. When I was, the summer I turned 16, I was part of a very remarkable youth group, and we got to go on pilgrimage to Jerusalem, to the Holy Land. Um, And so many decades later, I am so grateful for, like, the privileged life I had that I I got to have experiences of the geography, of the place where these stories happened at such a young age. I remember, there's aspects of that trip that I don't remember, that time change, and there was a whirlwind experience, but there are certain things that I remember with great clarity. And visiting the mountain where the transfiguration happened is one of those um, days. I remember um, a lot of questionable transportation choices that were made that trip. Um, I remember squeezing into the back seat of a station wagon. There were more of us than should have been in this vehicle. Forget about a seatbelt. All was fine. Um, I remember being squeezed into this, and it was just another day of adventures where we were going to see something very old, very ancient, and it was going to be tied to stories that were coming alive for us in the Bible. Jammed into this backseat, seat it was a very windy road. I imagine some improvements have been made over the decades, but there were, we were going from one side to the other, hoping the, door, hoping the doors would not spill open. Well, we got up to the top, and it was so quiet and so peaceful. There were just a couple of structures. It was a beautiful church, and there was a beautiful view. It's the thing about the Holy Land is you rise up to the top, and you could see forever. And as was our custom on this pilgrimage, we would go inside to the space. We would sit quietly together. We would hear the story. I I don't remember which version we heard, but we heard the story of the transfiguration and took it in, and we took in the beautiful windows and the way the light was streaming in. And we moved about the space of this chapel for a little bit. And then we had time to wander. And I stepped outside, and the clouds had come in. Still get like goosebumps because it was clear when we arrived, and then not that much later, you couldn't see anymore. And I think of it as, um, I've heard the term glimmer recently to think of like the good moments, but it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, something is happening here. And I held that alongside Maybe it wasn't this particular mountaintop. Maybe things didn't unfold in this, exactly the way the story remembers. But, but there is there's something going on here. I did not hear a loud voice from the heavens. Um, there were other moments, though, where I heard a soft voice from within and from without. Something was happening. These mountaintop experiences, whether they happen literally on the mountaintop or not, the air is thinner. We're in that thin space where what we know as real and what we know as maybe even more real align and come together. We can feel them in different ways. Jesus was filled up. He was radiating God's love and light. Jesus, who was used to hearing the voice, reminding him that he was God's son, God's beloved. That voice, that invitation that is extended to each one of us at baptism. You are my child." You are my beloved, God says to us in baptism. Jesus, who at his baptism heard, we knew I am well pleased. And then Jesus, who on the mountaintop with some friends hears, or they hear, listen to him. I think there's many different ways that we can lean in and listen. I think that sometimes it happens in the small, ordinary, mundane details of our lives. And sometimes it happens on a mountaintop in the Holy Land or somewhere else. Our invitation is to know that we are beloved, and in that space, to listen.